Okay, we are learning Kuf Yud Aleph. We're at the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Achoshish Peshinov, someone who has a toothache. You can't sip vinegar because who would sip vinegar? Clearly, that's something that's not healthy. People do. It's only something that um, people who are sick or weak gums would do such a thing. So, therefore, it's Osir because it's a miser food on Shabbos. Avo, however, Metalba Hu Kedarko. You could dip food into vinegar in a usual way. Sometimes you use it as a dip. So, you end up getting vinegar on your gums. But you're not directly doing a mice or refuah. If you're cured by the nisrapi, you end up being cured, but it's not a, an explicit act of refuah. Someone who feels pains and by their loins, they can't smear on them wine or vinegar. That's not a normal thing to do. You only would do it for, 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 for medicinal purposes. Therefore, it's also on Shabbos. You could smear it with regular oil because all healthy people are always the time using oil for it. Uh, but not with special shemen shemen varied. Rose oil is a very special thing. And uh, the way it would work, the Rishonim says that you boil up oil for many for a long time in the in the sun. So it's a very, very special, unique oil. It's expensive and people only use it if it's refua. It's not something you would use in a regular in a regular massage or something like that. So that's forbidden. It's clearly an act of refua. However, Bnei Malachim, if we're talking about the princes, they are allowed to smear the rose oil on their wounds. Because that's what they usually do on the weekday. So since for them, it's normal. So for them, it's normal. So since for them, it's normal, they're allowed to do it on Shabbos. And it's not considered a direct act of refua because for them, that's what they would normally do during the week. But for other people, we're saying it would be also. So it depends whether you're a prince or not. Rabbi Shimon Shimon says, Kol Yisrael b'nei melachim Rabbi Shimon disagrees. He says, no, it's not like that. Kol Yisrael b'nei melachim, which means that all Jews are treated the same. Anyone can do it. Since one person can do it, we're not going to distinguish between different groups of people. We say that since, since it's mutter for the princes, it's mutter for everybody. Does that mean because Ba'etzim we treat everybody the same? Just because in other words, we view everyone like princes? Or is it just that we want to be like unequivocal? It's unclear exactly what the meaning of Rabbi Shimon is. But either way, Rabbi Shimon is saying, if a princess is mutter, it's mutter for all the Jews. All Jews could be considered like princes, so they can put the rose oil here on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, the Torah of Acha, who's Torah of Acha? Rav Acha Barpapa had a Kastira of on our Mishnah. It's not in our Mishnah. It says, someone who has pain in the teeth. They're not allowed to sip vinegar. It sounds like vinegar helps teeth, right? You have a problem with your teeth. So the Mishnah is saying the refua would be would be the vinegar, and you're not allowed to do it. But doesn't the pasuk say like vinegar to teeth and smoke in their eyes? So too, it's something the Torah is talking about something bad. The same way vinegar is harmful to the teeth and smoke is harmful to the eyes. So here we see that vinegar is bad for the teeth. So which one is it? Is vinegar good or bad? So low kasha is not difficult. The pasuk when it's saying vinegar to teeth, it's talking about. The, the juice that come from an unripe, un, an unripe fruit. So it's vinegar because it's like the bad part of the grape, but it's not like, it's not like regular vinegar. So that's the bad. Habakal, our Mishra, somewhat regular vinegar, which is good for the gums. Or another answer you can give. Habakal, both could be talking about regular vinegar. And there's no stira. Habakal, in the Mishnah, we're talking about where there is a wound. So if there is a wound, there is a wound, then the vinegar is good. Habakal, where the cases, where the, whereas the positive talking about when there's no wound, then it's bad. When there's a wound, the vinegar heals. When there's no wound, the vinegar just loosens the teeth for no reason. It's bad for it. Rashi explains it like shrinks the gums. It's no good. And therefore, it's also. So we have different resolutions. But Al-Kopanim, there definitely is a scenario like the mission discussed, a particular scenario where vinegar is helpful and it is a refuah and it would be Oster on Shabbos. So he said that you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to do it. So now the Gemara analyzed, here it says in the Bible that you can't sip it and spit it out because if you're not 
if you're not drinking it, you're only you're only sipping it and spitting it out. Clearly, that's only the refuah. But you could sip the vinegar and swallow it because it is a normal thing to do. Sometimes people will sip and swallow vinegar as a drink. So the Mishnah didn't sound like that. The Mishnah was saying sipping vinegar for the toothache is also. It sounded like in the Mishnah, the postures was even if you're swallowing. Here in the price, we're saying it's only also to sip it and spit it out. But as long as you're swallowing it, that can be considered something that even healthy people do. And it's not also. So which one is it? When our Mishnah is well taught, at sipping vinegar is also. It only meant it's also if you're spitting it out. But in Achanami, and our Mishnah agrees that if you are swallowing it, it's mutter. So it's coming out now in the Gemara that swallowing some vinegar is a normal thing to do. Okay, continues the Gemara. Rabbi, I'm another answer. I feel like they could even say our Mishnah Asr is swallowing. Even if it's swallowing, it's still not done by regular people, and therefore it's Asr. I, why is it not as here to the Brisa? Because the Brisa is kind of like It's talking about before dipping. The Brisa is mad you to swallow is before dipping, before the meal. Sometimes you would have sips and vinegar before the meal. That's normal. Kind of like the Mishnah talking about after the meal. After the meal is not normal to. Um, to, to, to sip vinegar afterwards. So, so, so the only reason someone after eating a meal would, would, would be sipping the vinegar and swallowing it would be Lerifua. So before the meal, it's mutter, even if you're swallowing it. After the meal, it's also if you're swallowing it, and then it's only mutter. It, it would be after the meal, it's also even if you swallow it. So we're coming out now, according to Rava's answer, that is it mutter to swallow vinegar on Shabbos? It depends. It depends if you eat a meal or not. It depends what time on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, can we really, could we really live with such a conclusion that there's an Isra on Shabbos depending what time of Shabbos you do it? The name of the living we should say as far that since it's mutter to do it before the meal, that you'd be allowed to swallow it because then it's not klar, it's for my refuah. So lachar I'm sure it should be mutter even afterwards. Why? We see that Rava holds of such a svar of hoel to apply that since it's mutter, in this case, it's mutter for another case. There's nothing that's mutter on Shabbos. We kipper also on kipper. So the context that Rava's talking about is the Gemara and so the Gemara says that it's mutter to go to the mikvah on Shabbos. Rava says that the reason is it's not clear that you're doing to be fix yourself, right? Normally, the issue here is that it's masakna. It looks like you're fixing it. So Rava's saying it doesn't look like masakna because someone might just be bathing. So the Gemara asked that that only makes sense on Shabbos. You're allowed to bathe. But in Yom Kippur, where it's also to bathe for pleasure, right? You're not allowed to. So then no one could claim this for bathing. So on Yom Kippur, it shouldn't be allowed to. On Yom Kippur, a person shouldn't be allowed to go to the mikvah. So Rava said his svara, that's whole will, that it's mother for Shabbos, it's mother for Yom Kippur. Meaning once the mice is mother for Shabbos, we're not going to be more mocking and say, well, the reason doesn't apply on Yom Kippur, and therefore it's also. That's the svara of whole. The svara of whole says that once the law is established, we don't distinguish now between scenario and scenario. If it's mother to go to the mikvah on Shabbos, it's mother to go on Yom Kippur as well. So so do here, if it's mother to swallow vinegar. Before the meal, because it's not going to be refuah, so even after the meal it should be mother. So the more answer is how the Rav The truth is that once Rava held to the Svar Mitov, like we're saying, then he was choser from what, what he said about sipping vinegar. And the truth is that it would be mutter even to swallow the vinegar after his, he was choser from his answer, and he has to say like the previous answer of the Gemara. Uh, says the Gemara, how do you know from that? He was choser. There was a contradiction between Rav. So how do you know that he retracted what he said about the vinegar and that, and that, and 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 because it doesn't all be told to me, he loved Maybe, maybe he retracted what he said about bathing on Yom Kippur. Maybe there's really no no hetter of mitoch. So the Gemara says, you can't say that because we clearly know that's true. The principle of mitoch was true. The Tanya says in the Brayas, that anyone who has a mitzvah to go to the to the mikvah to purify themselves, they can do it even on Yom Kippur. So if the Brayas says that explicitly, should we assume that that's for true? That's definitely true. And if it's definitely true, that means the svar of mitoch is emes. It's true. So once the svar of mitoch is true, so Ravu is closer from what he said here. That that it, that it's only would only be muttered to, to swallow 
before the meal, but after the meal was also rough, it was closer from that. Because rather, we would say this far of mitoch. If it's mutter to do it before the meal, it should be mutter to do it after the meal. So how do we answer the prices? We have to say, the whole answer would only be to spit it out, but it is always mutter on Shabbos to swallow the vinegar. So the, that's the conclusion of the Gemara. So when the Mishnah says you can't swallow the vinegar, it only, you can't taste the vinegar, it only means to taste it and spit it out, but to swallow it any point during Shabbos would always be mutter. Continues the Gemara, Choshish Bimasa, someone had the pain in the loins. We had Machlokas with Tanakama and Reb Shimon about you smearing rose oil, right? The, the, the Tanakama was distinguishing between a prince or not. Well, for a prince, it's mother for everyone else. It's also Reb Shimon saying, what's his mother for prince? It's mother for everybody. So, Amrav Adabarazav, Amrav, Halachik Reb Shimon, Paskin like Reb Shimon, even regular people are allowed to smear with the rose oil on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, Lamim the Rabbi Reb Shimon It sounds like Rab Paskin is like Reb Shimon on Shabbos. Now, this is very important to understand this Gemara. We're going to go and jump to a new unrelated issue. But Rashi explains the Gemara that if Rav was passing the Reb Shimon Lakula, it means that he had a, like a tradition that all of Reb Shimon's Kulot and Masecha Shabbos, even ones that are unrelated to each other, we have a tradition that we rule leniently like Reb Shimon. It sounds like that's why Rav passing like Reb Shimon. So wherever Reb Shimon comes up with Kula on Shabbos, it must be Rav. Paskins like him, says the Gemara, is that true? The stopper of a barrel. So it was a cloth that would go around the, the barrel, it would seal any holes between the faucet and the barrel. So this, this cloth, also you can't push it firmly into place on Yantif or Shabbos. Why is that? So what's going to happen is when you press the cloth stopper, you're going to be squeezing out wine that got absorbed into the cloth. And it's forbidden to squeeze out wine that was absorbed into the cloth. Why is it usher? So we have different opinions here in the Rishonim. It could be that you're cleaning the cloth to wring out a cloth from material. It could be cleaning. Or it could be it's extracting. Extracting the wine from within the cloth, bringing it out. It could be a malach of threshing, like a mafarik. One or the other. See, it's either cleaning or it's extracting, but it's usher to... To, to firmly press it into place on Shabbos or Yantif. Okay, that is what Rav says. Now, would Reb Shimon agree to that? No, Reb Shimon should agree to that. Reb Shimon shouldn't agree to that because it's a Dabrash Enum Miskavim. You're not trying to press out the wine. You're just trying to close out the barrel. So Reb Shimon always holds Dabrash Enum Miskavim and his mother on Shabbos. Remember, you're allowed to drag the bench even though it may um, it may make the furrows. So, so to hear Reb Shimon should allow you to press it in even though it may bring out the wine. So if Rav, if, if Rav doesn't hold like Rav Shimon, it's good. Rav's holding like Rav Yehuda. But if we just say that Rav Paskin like Rav Shimon, that means he had a tradition that we always will like Rav Shimon immediately on Shabbos. So assuming there's such a tradition, so then uh, it shouldn't be us to put the to put the rag firmly in place on the barrel on Yantif. So the Gemara answer is no. Really, Rav always holds like Reb Shimon. In that case, with the plug in the barrel, Reb Shimon agrees it's Aser. Why? Reb Shimon agrees when it's a psikration. When it's inevitably going to occur, you can't say When do we say where the second thing may happen and may not? You're moving the bench, you're dragging the bench. It may or may not happen that you make the furrows, that you loosen the soil. But in a case where it's inevitably going to happen, Reb Shimon agrees that it's Aser even though you don't have Kavana for it. So in this case, it's inevitably going to squeeze out the wine. Since it's inevitably going to do that, even though you're not being for that miser. You're just trying to stop at the barrel. You don't have kavana. You're not having kavana for the um, you're not having kavana for, for squeezing out the wine, Rip Shimon would agree. So really Rab Paskin's like Rabbi Shimon says the Khmar from Khibarashim Rab, but still didn't we say Allah Rabbiuda we pass him like Rabbiuda Dabi Shim is coming to serve Rab Khan Ram Shmuel Shimon. Shmuel Paskin's like Rab Shimon. Without quoting other people, it was just simple. Rab says Allah Rabbiuda Shmuel Allah Rab Shimon. So anyways, from over there it was black and white. Rab Paskin's like Rabbiuda. So once Rab Paskin's like Rabbiuda, how could we say Rab is passing like Rab Shimon here about smearing the rose oils? The Khmar answers Ella Marava Niva Rik Shabura Terakimu. Myself and the lion in our Khabura said, Umani, who's the lion of 
the Chabur Rabbi Chiyah Bravin, that Allah Rabbi Shimon with them, hey, we paskin like Rabbi Shimon, but not for the reason he said. Meaning the rose oil is mutter, but not because of the reason that Rabbi Shimon said. So we're not really paskining like Rabbi Shimon. And the Gemara explains what that means. My Allah Rabbi Shimon with What do we mean that the law is like Rabbi Shimon, but not for his reason? Elam Allah Rabbi Shimon the If you mean that it's mutter, that Allah is like Rabbi Shimon, that it's mutter used for rose oil, not for his reason. Either Rabbi Shimon suffer mass. Shimon holds that if it does heal, but it's still mutter because once it's mutter from one group of people, it's mutter for everybody. But Rav Sarva Lomasi, Rav is a different reason why it's mutter, because it doesn't heal. <laughs> so if it doesn't heal, of course it's not an Isra Maisra Rafu, it doesn't work. But by that would be what's going on, but the Gemara to challenge that. Sarva Rav Lomasi, does Rav really hold that the rose oil doesn't heal? The Mishnah said, The Mishnah is saying clearly it heals, it's saying that the prince is good. So clearly it's working. If it wouldn't heal, then there's no way the Tanakama would have to talk about it. The prince could use it, someone else can't. So obviously we see that even the Tanakama is where Shimon holds up rose oil does heal. So, so then what in the world is going on? So if we're running a Paschal like Reb Shimon, it means you're Paschal like Reb Shimon. So what are we back to square one? Does Rafa like Reb Shimon or not? So the Gemara says, Ella, Allah, Reb Shimon, Deshari. It means we Paschal like Reb Shimon, that's much of the rose oil. Not for his reason. Even though it's not common. Meaning, you can use it in a place where it's super expensive and it's clearly refua. No one ever does refua. It's still mutter because Reb Shimon holds that once it's mutter for one person, mutter for everybody. Everybody can treat it like a prince. We don't paskin like that svar. Rav Sava, Rav holds ishkiachin ilo lo. It could be mutter if you live in a place where rose oil is not expensive. So if it, rose oil is not expensive, then everybody would use it. And if everybody would use it, then it's not clearly refua. And it happened to be about Asad Rav. Rav lived shliach mashal The rose oil was very common. So basically, we're saying like this: in the Mishnah, the Tanakhama Rav we're talking about a scenario where rose oil was very expensive. So only the princes use it. So the Tanakhama was then asking other people to use it because it would be clearly refuah. Rav Shimon had a swar, it's mutter. In that scenario, how would Rav rule? Rav would not rule like Rav Shimon. In a case, though, that rose oil is inexpensive and everyone's using it, that's where Rav says it's mutter. It's not really going like Rav Shimon in that regard. We're assuming maybe even the Tanakhama would agree to that point. Where Tanakhama and Rav Shimon are only talking about where it's expensive. So we really come out, then the Rav doesn't really hold like Reb Shimon in Masech Shabbos, and that works nicely with Rav, in fact, saying that sticking the, the rag onto the barrel on Shabbos is usher, because Rav, again, does not hold like Reb Shimon. Okay, now we move on to the new parak of Eluk Sharm. Eluk Sharm is all about tying knots. As we learn back on Aydal, that the reason why they, we learned uh, tying knots, tying and untying, was by the, the traps. And sometimes they would have to adjust the knots, of the uh, adjust the the, the the knots to in the, in the nets that they were trapping the chilazon, and that that would be tying and sometimes untying. And we learn a very important principle that the mission is going to say that in order for a knot to be usher on a daraisa level, it has to be a permanent knot. It's not usher to make a knot. It's usher to make a permanent knot. And that's something that's just that's what a knot is by definition. If it's not permanent, then it's not usher. And as we're going to see, it doesn't necessarily mean it. there are different variables: strength, intent. It's going to be a complicated parak, all about different svaris that define the idea of a kesher shochayamon. What is considered to be a permanent. Not, but that is the key variable of this, of this parak. So the Mishnah says, These are the knots that you're chayav, that it's a malacha de oraisa for making on Shabbos. Kesher gamlin, the kesher that camel drivers make. We'll see about this in the Gemara. The kesher has upon him. And the knot that the sailors make in the boat. We'll see again what the circumstance is. So you're same time, same way, reason you're chayav for tying those kachuramotirim. So it's you're liable for untying them. Again, untying is the same thing. You're only chayav for untying a permanent knot. A non permanent knot. Um, is not chayv. So like, just to like a basic example, like a necktie is something that's not also to make our untie on Shabbos because that's not a permanent knot. It's only also to make an untie and unmake a permanent knot on Shabbos. 
So now, Rabbi Meir Omer, one qualification, that even if it is a permanent knot, but you're able to untie with one hand, you're not chayv if you untie it. If it's loose enough, you can do it with one hand, even if the das when you made it was, but that should be permanent forever. But if it's a loose knot, you could use one hand to untie, then it's always okay. That's Rabbi Meir's opinion. So Rabbi Meir is saying that a loose knot, no matter what, you're not chayv. The Rabbanon disagree. The Rabbanon hold, even if it is loose. And you could use one hand to untie it, but if it's a permanent knot, if it was made to last forever, that is a kesher, and therefore it's also. So what an amazing machlik is Rameir and the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon say it all depends on das. Rameir is saying it depends on the looseness of the knot. So the Gemara now says, My kesher, Agamim, kesher is upon him. What are these camel driver's knots and the sailor's knot? What exactly is this? So just to understand what the Gemara is talking about here, they used to pierce the camel's nose and they would have this like ring that would go into the hole in the nose and then they would, they would make... Um, they would make this ring, they would, they would literally tie it, tie it there, and then afterwards, it would always stay there, and that thing would, that knot would always stay there by the camel, and then afterwards, whenever they wanted to tie the uh, camel to a post or something, they would make another knot afterwards. And the same thing with the, with the case of the ship. You would have, they would make a hole by the, right in the front of the ship so that there would be a piece of something that could go in and make a permanent knot there, and then whenever they would need to dock, then they would tie a long rope between, between the ship's ring and the dock. So the bottom line is, is that there's one one permanent one here. So the Gemara now it speaks it out. My casual conversation. Even the kitchen, the kitchen is mama. If you're talking about the knot that goes to the nose ring, in other words, the knot that's the leash to the nose ring, kitchen the kashri is and the knot that goes to the ship's ring. It's not permanent. They don't do it all the time, right? It's only when they need to to to, to close it in. Now the kitchen is mama goofy. We're talking about the nose ring itself, the knot that they they make in into the, they make the nose ring out of. This is very goofy. We're talking about the knot of the ship's ring itself, the first one, the run that one that always stays on the ship, and the one that always stays on the camel. That's the one that we're talking about. That one is absolutely permanent. So again, we don't see any time when we're saying permanent thing. We mean absolutely permanent forever and ever. That's the only one that you're chayav on Shabbos. But a knot that is not made to make forever, you're not chayav. So let's say you're, you're connecting the camel, the camel knot. So you have to tie tie it to the to to its nose ring. You make a knot. Even if you plan on keeping it there for a day, that's not chayv. To be chayv in daraisa has to be not that's made forever. That's only the nose ring itself. Someone who's making the nose ring, he's making it on the camel. That's the one that's chayv. Says the Gemara, Rameir Amar Kokesher, any knot that you could untie with one hand, you're not chayv. If it's loose, even if it's if permanent, it's made to last forever. But since it's a loose knot, you're not chayv. So the Gemara is a shayla. What Rameir say about a bow? A bow knot. Time to remember. Is Rameir? Is it probably just how easy it is to untie? You can use one hand. A bow knot you could untie with one hand, so you shouldn't be chayv. It's bottom line is it's easy to untie. Is that the part easy to untie? Odoma. Maybe the reason is time to remember. part is that the knot can be untied is not is specifically not a tight one. But I'm addict. So if you make a, t- a knot with a bow, it's very tight, but you could use one hand. So is it the vart that it's easy to untie or the vart is that it's, it, 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 it's not tight? And the Gemara says, take we don't know what, what, what Rameir would hold. But again, according to Rabbanon, we don't care. According to the Rabbanon, it sounds like um, it's all about whether it's a permanent knot. It's not about whether it's loose. It's not about whether it's easy to untie. It's all about whether or not it's a permanent knot.